Hello everyone, it's Saturday, February 13th, 2021. Welcome to episode 53 of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. I'm AJ, aka the Ginger. And I'm Reese, aka the Beard. On this week's show, we'll be drinking and reviewing a triple IPA and a blueberry coffee quad, giving our thoughts on the Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor trilogy, and discussing the potential future of thought detection technology. We'll also be giving our predictions for UFC 259, learning about prescription glasses with AR functionality, and how to update all the games on your PC in an easy and efficient manner. Very nice. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you to subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Spotify, and come interact with us on Instagram and Twitter. <clears throat> yes, and make sure to check out the YouTube chapters or the timestamps in the description if you'd like to skip around to your favorite topics. All right, man, let's give the people what they came here for and get this show started. What you drinking tonight? Oh, man, I'm excited about this one. Real quick shout out to the uh, viewers, or not the viewers, the uh, followers on Instagram for the uh, votes this week. Got back to putting up some polls, and uh, the people chose, so we are really giving the people what they want. It's the Rise Up Rise Triple up. IPA from Adroit Theory. Nice. So, uh, number one, this can looks awesome and like yeah. villainous, and right. I don't know who this guy is in the can, but I don't want I don't want that smoke. You ever the seen? Got... You ever seen Prometheus? He looks like that guy. Uh, I've heard of that. But I don't know if I've actually seen that. Either that, he or looks like, like the uh, villain Kai. from Ant Man. <laughs> oh yeah, it does kind of like give a, a cobra like vibe to it. But yeah. for you guys listening in the car, it's like a uh, it's a guy with a bald head and like a collar around his neck, and he's uh, wearing what looks to be like a what would you call that? Like a, some kind of a cloak or something, or like a yeah. Um, I don't know, some, but he's got. Looks he's like holding he's, the world. Might be in some cold weather. He's got gloves on, kind of bundled up a little bit. Maybe he's just upset because he's so cold. <laughs> That's true. He's just in bad mood, but he's got the the world in one hand. Yeah, and the can is half blue and half red. Hmm, must hmm. be Christmas time. It's a snow globe. Yeah, I know this was a limited release, but uh, I don't know. The blue and red might give a little bit of political vibes happening. I'm not really sure. So. You know, without knowing any more about the history of this, it's just a great looking can. I think um, Adroit Theory, as I've come to understand, has pretty amazing artwork on all of their beer cans, um, like really gr grungy sort of dark metal designs. There's like skeletons and skulls and uh, Dios de los Muertes. Did I say that right? Day yeah, of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Um Really cool can design and their website. I think their branding is all about like metal and heavy metal um, stuff like that. So it's yeah. kind of like I took up my brother. My I took my brother there uh, before COVID hit, like what, like two years ago now, I guess. And he's like, he's like real into like heavy doom metal, like intense yeah. metal stuff. And we walked in. And he was just like, "Oh, I love this place." <laughs> he was at home. Yeah, this is my <laughs> favorite. Yeah, he wants to go back there next time he comes down. Next nice. time you come up, we should go there. Dude, I'm so down. I'm surprised we didn't go so there down. last time, but we'll have to go. I, I love myself some death metal. Um, I wear black all the time, as you guys can see if you ever watch the videos. That's just kind of my thing. So, yeah, this is awesome, man. I'm excited to try this out. And um, so let's go ahead and crack it open here. Cool. And this is like kind of a perfect beer for this disgustingly rainy week. Rainy, cold, gross, oh, gosh. nonstop. I feel like it's been raining for like eons. Ready for it to be over, dude. All right, go ahead and give this a pour real quick. Hey, it's lighter than I thought it would be. Well, I guess it's a triple IPA. Never mind. I'm so used to their be beers being like super dark, heavy beers. Yeah. I'm not used to them, you know, doing <sighs> IPAs. So from this far away from the glass, you guys can't see, but I'm I'm approximately like a foot and a half away from the glass. Like the mango citrus smell is just like punching me in the face from this far away. Wow. It's like intense. Nice. Holy cow, it smells good, dude. Woo. Um yeah, so like you said, it's a it's pretty light uh in color, kind of a hazy, milky sort of vibe going on here, which kind of makes sense. It's got lactose in this ipa so a quick description here full creamy body was double dry hopped with citra simcoe eldorado and mosaic 
<coughs> excuse me, dry throat, can't wait to drink this, for expressive notes of citrus, tropical, and an undertone of pine. And apparently this is the follow-up to last year's Resist. Um, I don't know what the Resist IPA was, but again, hmm, I wonder if that was a little political in nature. Mm. Uh, but yeah, man, it's got this kind of hazy uh, look to it, which I think could definitely come from that lactose for sure. I'm not sure what to expect from this thing, number one. So, um, <clears throat> the, you know, the color is nice. The head, nice and thick there. A little, little bit lacy, kind of that soapier sort of texture, which isn't always a bad thing. Um, but like I said, the aroma is just like in-your-face mango and citrus, which you can, uh, you know, um, think the mosaic and the citra hops in there for that but uh, i'm not sure the last time i've seen mosaic and citra paired with simcoe which typically gives like a pinier sort of flavor so pinier earthier tone so i'm excited to see how that plays out along with that lactose so i'm gonna go ahead and give it a sip here wow it's like a uh I almost like can relate this to like a, a tropical punch almost like like a punch bowl wow. <laughs> if, if that makes sense like it's that level of fruitiness some fruit punch and, but also action. yeah like it's like you know the punch bowl at a party with like the ice cream and all that stuff in there like it's very creamy it's light bodied it's not it's not like coating the inside of my mouth very long um but there is like a, a, a sweetness to it on that first sip. And then the bitterness definitely comes through in the end there a little bit. But um, <clears throat> I'm going to give a, give one, one more sip here. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot going on in that. In that that's that's, that's an, a very robust flavor profile. I mean, like the citrus and that mango definitely comes through along with the sweetness in the beginning. But then... The longer it sits there for a minute, I do I do actually pick up on that pininess coming through from those Simcoe hops, mm. and then yeah, this the bitterness really shows up at the end. Yeah, I mean it's just so many different levels, and it's very complex. And you know you can see the uh, sediment. I'm not sure if you can with the camera, but I can see the sediment sort of floating around in there. So it's very hazy, unfiltered. All that um, yeast sediment just chilling in there. Yeah, this this is really really good. It looks um, it looks really delicious. It almost dude, it almost looks like like a lemonade shake or something, bro. Like it yeah, looks like it's, that. It's very very nice. So triple IPA is what it is. So I was curious, you know, I like to bring some education here. I know you got some some education coming for us too. I'm excited about. Yeah. So we've heard of an IPA. We know that's an India Pale Ale. A double IPA. What's a double IPA? It's an Imperial India Pale Ale. So the Imperial really being added. You know, that's kind of an American term um, and really just goes, it's, you know, if you look at the basics of it, it's basically a stronger version of an IPA, right? Um, so what's a triple IPA? Well, there's no actual, there's no additional I in there. It's really just been kind of thrown around as like a marketing term, you know, pretty much um, based on the research I was doing. The only thing I could find is that triple IPAs typically the benchmark for them as a super strong IPA are those that are over 10% in ABV and about a hundred IBUs. So I found that interesting because this one only claims, though it does claim to have 10% ABV, it's only claiming 37 IBUs, <coughs> which I can kind of confer with here. Low. Yeah. I mean, the bitterness is definitely there, but it only kind of pulls through at the end. Um, and it's not like some of the other IPAs like I had, was it last week or the week before last, the uh, 120 minute IPA where that bitterness was just in your face and hanging out. Um, you, you know, it doesn't matter how long it takes to the next sip, that bitterness is still lingering there with you. But uh, this one's definitely a lot more mellow. So I'm, I'm interested in how they classify it a triple IPA. Um, but nonetheless, man, like I said, very, very good. Um, this one was canned on January 20th, 2021. So very fresh, still relatively fresh. Um, really enjoy it, man. So if, I, I think it's limited release. I would say go out and get you some, but I don't think you can anymore. Reese, you might be able to, considering you're pretty close to the brewery. They might still have some. Yeah, they run um, out real quick, though. Like, they do releases, and it's, like, gone the same day. Yeah. Fortunately, I was able to get this, some of this from Total Wine. But Nice. Yeah, overall, this is great. I can't wait to... Uh, polish it off tonight but what so, about you man i'm interested in what you got so does well i do have a i have a question about 
you know, the triple IPA thing. So is it, is it, do they call it triple because they're putting more ingredients into it? As in like, I'll explain why I'm asking this when I start talking about my beer, but is it a triple because they added like more, like triple the amount of hops or triple the amount of malt or something like that? Yeah, I know that would seem, you would, you would think that, but based on what I'm reading, you know, the Imperial IPA, the double IPA is hoppier and stronger in ABV. Um, so to get hoppier beers, you need more hops, obviously. So there's more ingredient in that regard. Yeah. Um, so I guess you could look at it that way. I wonder if that's what and they're this doing. One, I mean, this one did say it was double dry hopped. So yeah. dry hopped, if you guys don't know, make sure you go check out the blog on the site. I actually put up an article on what is dry hopped beers. Um, all that really means is once the beer has been... Yeah, it's transferred from the boiling process into the fermentation vessel. They add additional hops into that while it's fermenting. That's dry hop. So double dry hopped. I mean, two doses of, of hops, I suppose, added into that fermentation. Right, right. Um, probably closer to the end with a few days left. They add even more into it. Yep. So that, so that's why that smell, the aroma, was just hit me in the face. Because when you add so, the hops in later in the process, that's when that stuff just the, – the aroma – takes off stays there um, doesn't give the yeast time to break it down or any of that yeah exactly the the you know essentially the the acids the alpha acids are what cause the bitterness with the hops um and if the, when the hops are added in the boil process the alpha acids are mellowed out they're ah, they're okay. boiled away and that bitterness kind of mellows um but when you're dry hopping them the boiling is not killing those alpha acids so it just stays there st- okay yep yep so nice but yeah, so a lot of people that I read said the triple IPA really is kind of just like a marketing term um, because there isn't actually an additional I that stands for anything there. Right. Um, so, but yeah. nonetheless, man, call it what you want. It's delicious. Yeah. yeah. They got to market things. That's people come up with creative ways to say nothing. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll move into mine then, guys. I got a brewery Omegang. Three Philosophers Blueberry Coffee, right? So um, you've probably heard of uh, Brewery Omegang. It's kind of um, been around for a while. It's one of the leaders out there in the craft brew scene. It's, gosh, they've been in stores for years and years and years. It's one of the first beers that I saw, you know, popping up in stores pretty often. Three Philosophers by this brewery here. Um, But I've never seen this variation of it, the Blueberry Coffee variation. So uh, I grabbed this a while ago. It's just been kind of sitting around. I've been just waiting to try it out. And well, here we go. The, the, the day has come. So um, uh, Brewery Omegang is in Cooperstown, New York. Um, a little bit about them, a little bit about like where the name Omegang came from and then a little bit about them. So uh, here's a little blurb from their site. Uh, Holy Roman Emperor King Charles V visited medieval Brussels in 1549, so quite a while ago, with hundreds from his royal court to welcome the king, merchants, vendors, cooks, brewers, musicians, theater tropes, dancers, and more lined up around the city walls to join in celebration as his entourage passed by. That parade became known as the Omegang, a word that variously means coming together and walking about. Uh, the Brussels Omegang Festival continues to this day, so it's still a thing. So bringing a little bit of that tradition to the United States in Cooperstown, New York, Oh, my gang, bringing people together with beer. You got to love it. Um, what's a quad, right? I've always kind of had this question for myself. Like when you hear about Belgian beers, Trappist beers, Abbey Ales, whatever you want to call it, you always hear them talk about a double, a triple, a quadruple, right? And that's kind of where I was like getting at with like the IPAs. You kind of hear that same terminology, but it's it's completely different. So double, triple, quad, the difference is the number of multiples of malt used when brewing essentially right and also um also the different kinds of malt so like with a triple right they're using triple the amount of pilsner malt so like if you made a pilsner you would just use one part of malt right if you use if you're going to make a triple you would triple that malt in in the uh brewing process essentially so um with a quad they're not using uh pilsner malt they're using more um I wouldn't say like stout malt, but more, um, <clears throat> I guess, just like darker malts, more flavorful chocolate, um, 
not chocolate, like not, not roasted malts, I would say just, um, like medium malts. I, I guess you yeah. could say like those, you might get like an ambery sort of color yeah, from like an amber rusty kind of, um, but not like the dark that you would get from like a stout or a porter, something more from like a red ale or like quite literally just a quad, I guess. So, um, this beer is 9.7 ABV, so it might knock my socks off. Um, and the can says, married with blueberries and freshly roasted Ethiopian coffee beans, our acclaimed blend of quadruple ale in authentic Belgium Creek, I don't know what that is, I should look that up, bursts with uncharted territory. If it's subtly, if it's, oh man, I can't say this word, Sut, subtle, <laughs> subtleness you're seeking, look elsewhere, I had to... <laughs> this bold brew demands attention all right so let's go ahead and crack the sucker up and see what's going on the reviews that i read about it indicated that there's really not a whole lot of um coffee smell to it interestingly enough so yeah that is interesting let's go ahead and pour it out and see what it looks like hey I'm so look interested at that. In this, this combination of blueberry and coffee is not one that i've uh seen before yeah so this is darker than i anticipated it being um, whoa whoa hey Ooh. calm down calm down man cutting it close again this yeah, week Yeah, real close um so this is like a, a definitely a this it looks like i dipped like a rusty knife into some water seriously <laughs> like this is mm, tasty it's, yeah it's like rusty it's like very murky rusty reddish reddish brown you know just like dark it is you cannot see through this at all which indicates to me that it has not been filtered. There is a lot of just residual yeast floating around in here. Um, the bubbles are fairly uniform, actually. They're um, yeah, they're actually pretty uniform. They're usually when I see beers like the the foam is like very small bubbles like throughout. This is like medium bubbles, but they're all very uniform medium bubbles. Uh, about a half an inch of head um, tan with like a tint of red to it just sat on top there for a while still sitting there pretty cool like that so let's sniff it um <laughs> a little too close a little too close i guess yeah um blueberries i can it's almost like i can smell the bitterness which is weird i'm getting like a little bit of blueberry which is nice that actually smells good fruity i would say it's like it smells like slightly fruity it almost smells a little sour so i'm a little bit worried about this i don't think it's supposed to smell sour but it almost uh -oh. smells a little sour it smells like berries um uh, faint smell of berries um a little bit of malt it smells good though it really does it smells appetizing so let's give it a taste Oh no, this is not soured. This is good. Okay. We lucked out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the initial taste there, malty, um, had a little bit of a zing to it. Um, halfway through, I got blueberries. I got a little bit of uh, fruitiness and then just a tad bit of bitterness on the end. The blueberries actually kind of like lingering on my, on the top of my mouth right now. Interestingly enough, um, a little bit of coffee also at the very end there, like on the back of my tongue, which is weird. I didn't smell any coffee, um, but I can definitely like feel the coffee. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like it's like a dryness or. Yeah, like a dryness. Like I, I do feel like I'm kind of like I'm almost drinking a coffee right now. But uh, the the blueberry that I'm getting almost reminds me of like like blueberry cotton candy. You know what I mean? Like I'm hmm. almost getting like a blueberry, like blue cotton candy kind of. It's weird. It's really weird. So how does this compare to like a sour? Is it like is it that level of fruitiness or? Oh no, more tame? no, no, way more tame. This is actually really enjoyable. Um, I think you would you would enjoy this a lot. It's got a really good like nice mouthfeel to it. It's it's actually kind of like light bodied. Um, I would say like lighter, like maybe light to medium, but definitely lighter. It's got a real nice mouthfeel. It's a solid taste, man. This is great. And just like, it's perfect for me because there's just like a hint of bitterness at the end. Um, yeah. I got to say, man, 
This is probably one of the better beers I've had in a while. Now. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I'm actually really happy about this because like the different flavor levels are like they're they're apparent. Like they're not yeah. hiding the the feel of it, the flavor levels, the hopping the little bit of hoppiness at the end. Like this beer's got a lot to offer. So I'm really happy with this right now. I that really sounds am. interesting. You know, honestly, that the coffee last week I had the uh mount up stout which was a a coffee infused stout and that's where i think the bitterness is coming from from on that one too it wasn't like straight up coffee up front but like in the back i think the the coffee was lending itself to that bitterness so that might be what's happening with yours i think i think you're right man i think that's what it is it's just like that coffee bitterness at the end it's not like beer it's not like hoppy bitterness it's like coffee yeah it's a difference that's interesting yeah that makes more sense now i was trying to picture like I've never had a blueberry flavored coffee, so how do I have a beer flavored with blueberry and coffee? Yeah. (laughs) That makes more sense. Like maybe that could be like a technique. I don't know. We should ask somebody about that who knows what they're talking about. Like is coffee used strictly for like, can you use coffee just for the bitterness, a different kind of bitterness as opposed to actual coffee flavor? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm used to drinking like a stout that has like a, like a roasted coffee kind of flavor to it. Yeah. This one's different because like usually you get that roasted coffee up front. This one you're getting like, um, you're getting like multi, malt up front, blueberry in the middle that lingers, and then like coffee yeah. bitterness at the end. So it's like, yeah, man. And I love bitter coffee. I drink my coffee dark, as dark as I can get it, as bitter as I can get it, which is weird because right. I don't like bitter beer. Um, so I think that's why I like this so much. And I eat blueberries all the time. So same, bro. Yeah, <laughs> love, love blueberries. So this one's like, yeah, man, it's just right up my alley. So. That's um, awesome, dude. Yeah, really happy with our beer selections today. I'm so happy that you're drinking some Adroit Theory. I love them as well. Um, I'm a fan of this Oma Gang, man. I haven't been buying a lot of Oma Gang. So uh, now that I've tried this one, I'm, I might have to go try some more from them. Yeah, really happy. Really happy. Nice, about man. That. I'm going to keep my eye out for them as well. I, I think I'm pretty sure I've definitely seen them in stores, but never really like, you know. Yeah caught my attention well enough to pick one up but now now i know yeah now i know it's in store if you see their three philosophers i mean that's worth a shot too it's uh it won't have the blueberry or the coffee on it it's just the it's still a solid beer though i like i like quads i really do i like having quads they're um usually heavier in uh alcohol content and yeah um you know usually darker with um some more um you know, amber i don't like amber color with some like multi multi flavors like that's it's heavy on the malt, really, the malt yeah. flavors. That's what kind of, you know, gives it uh, its branding, I guess you could say. Right. So That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, right. cheers, sir. Well, let us know out there, folks, what you guys are drinking. We're always, uh, you know, looking for some new recommendations. So let us know in the comments below on YouTube or on Instagram, Twitter. Reach out. Let us know what you're drinking. We want to find some more delicious beer. But with that, I think we got some... UFC news to talk about, man. How about we move right into there? Hey, man. I am so ready. There's a lot of interesting stuff coming up and a lot of bad news, too. So I know. Like, repeat bad news. Kamzat Chemaev versus Leon Edwards canceled again for the third time. That's it. Repeat cancellation. Done. Is it is it a curse? Is it uh, the, is it Tony Ferguson versus Khabib all over again? We're, we're getting there. We're almost there. Oh, gosh. Um, I hope not. Yeah, like this guy went from fighting, Kamzat that is, fighting like three times in a month to not fighting for like three months because he's had COVID. Yeah. Um, obviously, we hope he is doing well and recovers from, from COVID. It's interesting to me, though, like a lot of what you hear, depending on who you listen to and who you trust and what you read and things like that, is usually people that are younger, in shape and all that good stuff, the classic definition of a UFC fighter, um, fare pretty well when it comes to COVID and uh, are able to kind of recover and move on. But this one, it sounds like he's still not fully recovered. And I mean, I guess smart decision on his part, take his time, make sure he's fully recovered. You want to make sure you got all the wind you can possibly get in those lungs. Um, So, but, but interesting that it's taking this long and I feel bad for Leon Edwards, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Cause he's kind of, he hasn't fought in a while. Right. And so he's, it's like, it's like icing the kicker, you know, keeps like icing him, you know, and he's got to keep going through his camps and paying the money and yeah, exactly. So it's rough. Yeah. This For is both definitely of them. a tough one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Leon Edwards, dude, I mean, <clears throat> he's now in a position where he's looking for a fight 
he's number three in the welterweight division and he's got an eight fight win streak right now. So, yep. you know, he's, he wants some action. So a lot of stuff's going on right now. I mean, wonder boy, wonder boy immediately stepped up and, and, uh, tried to try to book a fight, but it's not going to happen. He's uh, the thing is Leon's already on the May, the March 13th, I believe it is card. Um, that's what he was training for shooting for. And that's the other thing. Like comms already knows he's not going to be ready two months out. That's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, wonder boy soul. Oh, so go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You go. You go. I was going to say wonder boy's hands are still messed up apparently from his last fight. So, um, I didn't even know he broke his hands actually. That's crazy. Yeah. So now it looks like Leon's calling out Nate Diaz. I saw, uh, I, I saw, uh, you know, the, the BMF, man. I saw the BMF was getting called out, too. Yep. Jorge. Jorge's being called out. Yeah. Uh, Mike Perry stepping up and trying to get his name out there oh, for a gosh. potential matchup. Come on. I want to um, want to see the Jorge fight. I really do. Because that's been that's been going for a while. Like, what, what was it? Like a year and a half, two years ago? There was that, you know, had that um, two piece in a soda backstage you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly right is that backstage beef yeah hit him with the two-piece and a soda yeah so um i don't know i guess we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see how that plays out but i just hope leon gets a fight man the dude deserves a shot um he's he's been sitting he's been sitting idle for a while he was it looked like was removed from the roster for a minute then he was put back on it's just a lot of ups and downs but yeah um you know, speaking of ups and downs, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor trilogy is in the works. I don't think we saw this coming, dude. I wasn't expecting this. I don't want to see this. This is a money grab. This is a UFC saying, "Hey, let's just get as much money out of Conor as we can." Milk it, milk the cow. Let's, let's milk cash cow. Milk the cash cow. Conor's. I mean, he's lost so much clout, dude. I don't know how they could keep doing this. He's been. He's. He loses like all of his fights. If he was winning, you know, and even this last fight that they had, like, it wasn't, like, spectacle, right? Like, they weren't, like, really – they were all, like, buddy-buddy, you know? Exactly. There wasn't a lot of beef there. Yeah, and it wasn't, you know, USDA 100% grass-fed. None of that, bro. We're out. <laughs> yeah, you know what I think this is? I think it's a stall tactic for Dana White, honestly. Um, trying to yeah. get Khabib back in there. A lot of stuff came out yesterday and today about Dana – in an interview with some press outlet, I don't, I don't remember who it was. He's talking about how Don, uh, Dust Donner, almost a Donner, Dustin and Connor um, <laughs> are both interested, and he still thinks he can convince Khabib to come out of retirement. He said he's meeting with him in Vegas again soon. Um, he doesn't. He also said he doesn't doesn't buy into the argument that Dustin is the uncrowned champ, as a lot of people were saying. You know, considering how Khabib still holds holds the belt. And Dustin Poirier, this is Dana, Dana's words, Dustin was smoked by Khabib along with Connor and Justin Gaethje. So um, looking at those top seven-ish guys in that division, he thinks there's a lot of good fights still left Bro. Um, before they can crown a new champion. Dustin beat Justin and Dustin beat Connor, and Justin's beat everybody else. The only, yeah. the only other person that we don't know about is... Um, I always forget his name. He just beat Tony. I always oh, forget Charles his name. Oliveira. Oliveira. That's the only guy that I think, like, if they're going to make a fight, it has to be that fight. Oh, yeah. It, it's got to be. Yeah. Unless they do the Chandler fight. I don't think they need to do, honestly, for the belt, it's either going to be Justin and Dustin or it's going to be Oliveira. Yeah. <laughs> Tongue twister. <laughs> the Ustins. The, the Ustins. <laughs> Austin time, Austin squared, yeah. Clash uh, of the Austins. <laughs> Only one Austin rule reigns supreme. <laughs> there could be room only for one Austin in this division. There can be only one. <laughs> oh man, oh that's great. Um, <laughs> so okay, so all of I think it's got to be that fight, Oliver and Dustin, and then whoever wins that fight. Chandler's got to fight somebody else. And then if he wins yeah. that fight, then he can fight for the belt. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. I This this is crazy to me. I feel like at this point, I'm starting to question, like, what is going on? Why is Dana 
so on like why is he all over like let the, let the dude retire i mean i guess it's because he's he's also a cash cow and he's trying to milk every yeah. last drop dude, he can he's, he's got like 22 million instagram followers bro he yeah. he literally is the, he's the ufc superstar i think he's oh yeah i think he's actually bigger than connor at this point i would agree with that for sure maybe so not in the united got, states but in around the world oh, yeah yeah i mean i just i can't get over that last that last fight um, with Justin, when he pulled up with his entourage, like this crazy, like Rolls Royce, like, um, you know, what do they call it? When motorcade, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he had more security than the the president of the United States has. It's bananas. Damn. Yeah. Um, That's wild. This dude's, yeah, he's like royal, royalty at this point. But I, I started to think about this. I'm like, what? Okay. He's, he's been in retirement, right? For a while. And, and Dana continues to make excuses, make excuses, book other fights. You know, you got the Connor and Dustin trilogy now. Like I said, I think it's a stall tactic. I started looking at some of the other like championship vacancies and how long it took to fill those vacancies, right? So let's start with Henry Cejudo. He retired as the Bantamweight champion on May 9th of last year. Oh, man. Piotr Jan fought Jose Aldo for the belt on July 11th. Almost two months to the day. Yeah, John Jones vacated his lightweight or uh, light heavyweight title on August twenty third. Didn't yep. get, didn't retire. Just vacated it because he wanted to move up. Jan Blockowitz defeated Dominic Reyes for the light heavyweight belt on September twenty sixth. Almost one month to the day. Wow. Khabib retired after defeating Justin Gaethje on October twenty fourth, twenty twenty. But he still the the belt has not been vacated. He yep. hasn't fought, and we're almost in March. It's been almost four months at this point. Yeah. So WTF is the question. So, dude, it's because, dude, I know, I already know. President or um, saying president, freaking Dana White's <laughs> the president of UFC. I bet he's getting so much pressure from the yeah. board, from the owners. You know, I don't even remember what the company's name is that owns Zufa. Zufa. No, no, no. It's not Zufa anymore. Oh, it's not? It used to be. That's what started. That's what they started with. Oh. Zufa, Zufa sold it to the um, that big uh, entertainment company for like $4 Endeavor? Billion. Endeavor. Endeavor? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. the, so the board for Endeavor, or whoever the CEO is, or however that all works, they're probably pressuring him hardcore to, to like get Khabib back. Because we need him back for this last fight. It's going to make millions. It's going to make a ton of shit. It's going to make lots of money. Get him back. We got to get this going. So that's why they yeah. haven't vacated because they know there's a huge opportunity there. Yeah. But um, exactly. I, don't, I don't think they're going to do it, man. I don't think. I don't Just think, think of the statistics. Do probably not. I mean, think, no. think of the statistics they probably have on their end, though. They probably have a dollar figure for each fighter. Like they have an estimate. They have some kind of algorithm built. They know how much money each fighter will bring in. You know? Um, yeah. So they have ratings you know, just like TV. I'm sure they have like. You know, they probably have like buckets for their fighters. Like, hey, this guy can probably bring in like a tier one bucket of money. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense, actually. Um, they look at these championship fights, especially, and that those are the big cash cows, you know? Um, yeah. And UFC 259, three title fights? What the heck? What Bro, the hell? Dude. Yes, I am. I'm pretty excited, man. March 6th is uh, not too far off, dude. We got three three weeks to go, and we're gonna find out a lot. Um, who's fighting tonight? Hold on, before we move on, who's fighting tonight? We've got Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns headlining this event. Oh my event. god, dude! I'm so excited to watch that. Yeah, oh me too. Me too. I knew that. I was time... I was looking at it earlier. I just forgot. Yeah, by the time you guys are listening to this, the fight will be over. That's true. But, um, but you know. man, I real quick, real quick before we move into two fifty nine, let's just say who's your who's your money on? Kamara, man. Me too, without a doubt. I got I got so much faith in that guy, but uh, you know who knows, man? Who knows? Because uh, Gilbert you know. Gilbert's explosive. He's got a lot of aggression. Yeah, they um, used to be training partners. They used to go to the same camp. You know. I think I saw somewhere they had like over like like over a hundred hours of sparring time together. Or no, oh sorry, over a hundred rounds oh, of wow. sparring time. No shit. Yeah. So, so they know they know each other, and the, they split dude, off camps. The winner of that fight has already been pre-established. I'm sure of it. So because you know one of those guys was dominating the other guy during during sparring. 
Yeah. Right. So oh, whoever dude, was did getting you see the, did you see the weigh-ins? Nah, I didn't. What oh happened? man, the weigh-ins were intense. No shit. Like no. The, like the stare off, like when they walk and they face face to face for the first oh, time. Or whatever. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. Oh, it was intense, dude. They would not. They both refused to break eye contact. Even Dana White, like he comes in, like tries to separate. They refuse to stop staring. Oh shit. Finally got him to finally got him to move apart. And like even like standing like beside Dana, they're both like cutting over like this, just staring, just uh, daggers, dude. It was intense, bro. I, okay, I'm excited. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna be. I, I think Kamaro is a, a monster, dude. I think he's underrated. Like he doesn't get enough attention, enough nah. media hype. But that guy's a freaking animal, dude. I would love um, to see him either go down or go up a weight class because I don't think he could go down. Actually, he's probably too heavy. He's so huge. I really think he could go up and and take another belt, dude. I I, I really do. But um, I think so. Yeah, he's got striking. He's got grappling, but. Yeah. But anyways, UFC 259. <laughs> yeah, so UFC 259, we got, uh, speaking of going up a weight, Jan Black, oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure, right, he would have to fight Izzy, right, if he went up a weight. Um, but Izzy's going up a weight. He's going up to light heavyweight to fight Jan Blakowicz. Bro, I'm. This is, the, this is the headliner, right? Jan versus Izzy. Jan came in to, to, fill, the, to fill the void after John Jones left, and... Uh, and Izzy's like, you know what? This guy looks like an easy target. Let's go get that other belt. Um, ah, man. I'm excited uh, for this one. I, I don't know if Izzy's fought anybody that's hit this hard yet. Yeah, I mean. I mean, he. That's he, true. But again, like, you know, when he fought Costa, right? Costa just kind of like stood around. It wasn't like a big thing. Like, is that what this is going to be? Is Blockowitz. Because Blockowitz is kind of like the same kind of fighter, right? He's kind of one-dimensional. Yeah. He's gonna not. He's he's gonna go head hot and he's gonna try and knock you out. But he's bigger yeah, than that's, Costa. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. Is like he. I'm, I'm trying to think how to put this. Like, I, I just don't think he has the speed to match Israel. Man, I think Stalbener has such a a speed advantage and an accuracy advantage when it comes to anyone in in the in in UFC right now. Right. That right. like. His fight IQ is so high. Yeah. I mean, sure, if Jan, everyone's got a punching chance, like we always say, but if Jan clips him, I don't think Israel has been hit that hard yet. But but we've seen Israel in in some some terrible scenarios. The Kelvin Gastelum fight, like he took some serious shots. That's true. He got knocked down a couple of times. But Kelvin's um, so small, right? If Jan exactly. can do that, then that's a re- different story. It was repeated, repeated, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Repeated damage in that Kelvin fight. Right. Um, you know, so. And Kelvin also fighting tonight, by the way. I'm excited to see his return. See what Yeah, he he's on a three-fight losing streak, man. Hopefully he can pull one out. He needs it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so anyway, I, I got Izzy on that fight, dude. I'm, I'm going to take Izzy. I want to see the champ. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a star child, bro. I want to see him go. Shoot, you know, I want to see him go and, uh, and, t- and take it there. I'll be in his corner for sure. Now the co-main Amanda Nunez versus Megan Anderson. I don't. I don't really got a whole lot to say about this other than <laughs> it's. It's probably going to be over quick. Other than good luck, Megan. I hope you don't take too much damage. Yeah. Anyway, Peter Young. <laughs> I mean, there's really. I don't really have anything to say, dude. Like honestly. Yeah. As much as I like watching Megan fight, I think she's a great, a great fighter, and she's got a huge. I'm pretty sure, without looking at the numbers, Megan's Megan's very tall. Yeah, she's lanky. got a very significant height and reach advantage, most likely. Um, and she's got a pretty good ground game too, like that lanky, those long legs. Yeah, she's really muscular. Like, you yeah. know, if it went to the ground, it could potentially. I don't know. I'm not sure what Amanda Nunez's ground game looks like. Um, I think she's she's a, a BJJ solid. Right? Yeah, she's solid on the ground. She actually is uh, very good at maintaining control. But uh, yeah, I, I think the win condition here is uh, is a submission um, victory from Megan. I don't I don't think she's going to win standing. I don't think her her striking is anywhere near what Amanda can put put up. I really think Amanda no. Amanda could go. F- knock peter yawn out bro i swear i, I really <laughs> she do probably could if there's ever like a a uh 
gender free league. Like I, my money's on Amanda Nunez. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I for sure. She, I think she could take it there. So, yeah. So uh, I guess good luck. Good luck, Megan. But, yeah, good uh, luck. but, but let's be real here. Amanda Nunez is probably going to win that. Yeah. What um, now, now a fight that I'm actually like, I think this is the, this next fight is probably the most competitive. The one that I'm probably the most excited about Peter Yawn versus Aljamain Sterling. Bantamweight title on the line. Peter Yon's a beast, right? I mean, he's a champ. He is a champ. And uh, he's looking good, dude. But uh, I've seen Al Jermaine. Al Jermaine's bursty. He's quick. Good striking. He's got some ground game, you know? Mm-hmm. I, uh, oh, yeah. I think this one's going to be... I think this is going to be Peter Yon's biggest test, to be honest with you. I think Al Jermaine's already had some big fights, right? He already mm-hmm. beats uh, Corey Sanhagen. Which everybody thought he was going to lose, and Corey Sandhagen's fight IQ is like crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And he beat him in the first round like real quick. So I think if Aljamain comes out, um, it takes it to Peter. I think it could be Aljamain on this one. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely going to be the, the toughest test for Aljamain as well. I mean, Sandhagen, obviously, we, you know, I think he's a, a striker primarily, uh, but also grappling. But Aljamain, I remember that one. I think he took his back. It, well, he submitted him in the first round, one minute and 28 seconds in. Yeah. I think he took his back standing and choked him out, if I remember correctly. Um, he just jumped on him like, I don't know, man, it was like a spider attached to his back and just choked yep. him out. Yeah, he kind of um, like muscled him. He just kind of overpowered him took you know yeah which uh cory couldn't do anything impressive for sure but looking Absolutely. back at his other fights compare comparatively his two fights in 2019 both went to decision round three decisions one with jimmy rivera obviously a legend um and another one pedro munoz uh also a decision so i don't know that i don't know that aljamain he won both of those by the way uh and his one is two in, in 2018 as well one by decision and one by submission. I don't know that he's got the knockout power. Just based on the numbers, I don't know if he's got the knockout power. Piotr Jan, he's just like a. I I I envision him walking Aljamain down in the first and second rounds and just you know, given that dude's got such immense power for his size. Right. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so if if Aljamain can outlast that and then still and then wrap him up maybe after Piotr's expelled some energy. Uh, Dude, I don't. I don't think. I don't think shot. I'm pretty sure Peter Pilter. Peter Peter. There's an L in there. Don't you see it? Pitter. Pitter. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Pitter's got a. He's he's got like an Energizer lithium battery. You know, just triple well, X. If you, if you watch his fights, he moves so little. There's no wasted energy anywhere. Like he he stays in. He's got his guard up at all times. He takes tiny little baby steps and he just completely, he just, he pushes the fight. He's always first. You know, he's yeah. walking towards you constantly. He's taking little baby steps. He's always on guard and it can explode at any moment. So yeah, Aljamain's got to watch out for that for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. I, I think that, I think that you've swayed me. I'm going to go with Petter on this one. I'm going to go with <laughs> Petterian. Petterian on that Petterian. one. Sounds like peanut butter. Petterian. Sounds like some kind of anyway. All right, Anyways. man. <laughs> Anyways, that's UFC 259. We got some tech to talk about, so let's talk tech. Let us do it. You know what? I was thinking about something earlier. And... I know you were because I detected. No, it. <laughs> I detected it. No, I detected it with radio waves along uh... across the entire state of Virginia. Escape, escape, uh, close, delete, get out of here, shut down. <laughs> the people are like, what the hell are you talking about? Okay, so thought detection, guys, might not be exclusive to sci-fi movies for very long. I regret to inform you. A research research published last week from Queen Mary University in London, those folks over in London, they're pretty smart, describes an application of a deep neural network that can determine a person's emotional state by analyzing wireless signals that are used like radar. What? What? Uh, This definitely caught my attention when I was flipping through the news and headlines this week. So essentially, the technology that they're talking about uses measurements of radio waves um, that are reflecting back from a person to provide basic measurements such as heart rate and breathing patterns. And that information can be 
used to de- to geez, used to deduce a person's emotional state. So anger, sadness, joy, or pleasure. Oh, yo! Um, so sounds cool. Sounds pretty cool, right? That's yeah. some cool technology. But gets a little creepy if you continue reading, folks. So hopefully, I don't butcher this guy's name or this this female's name. Um, Asan Noor Khan, a PhD student and first author on the study, said this. It's his quotes. We're now looking to investigate how we could use low-cost existing systems such as Wi-Fi routers, hint, hint, everyone's got Wi-Fi routers in their house, to detect emotions of a large number of people gathered. For instance, in an office or work environment. Among other things, this could be useful for HR departments to assess how new policies introduced in a meeting are being received, regardless of what the recipients might say. Outside no. of an office, uh, outside of an office, police could use this technology to look for emotional changes in a crowd that might lead to violence. Dude, mm. invasion of mm. privacy. No, uh, yeah, yeah. No. We're gonna talk about that. No. So, uh, <laughs> so the article, uh, which I encourage you guys to check out, we'll make sure we link it in the uh, description below. Um, the article is from VentureBeat. It talks about a few other applications of brainwave detection technology that already exists, such as brain drone racing. These people literally wear these helmets on their head that has like multiple sensors. They're literally piloting drones with their thought. There's this one guy who's piloting three drones at a single time, at the same time, with his mind. So he's literally thinking, this drone go up, this one go down, this one go left, this one go right, and it's happening. Um... Seems like some serious Black Mirror stuff. Uh, also, there's a there's a headset again, not commercially readily available, but it allows people to vocalize their internal speech. So if you are mute, you can't physically speak. This thing essentially takes the vibration and I don't remember exactly how this described it, but it it senses some sort of change or some sort of um, neurological stuff happening with your jaw uh and basically can say what you are thinking (laughs) i don't know how to describe it you just have to look at it yourself but that's not good so there's some there's some stuff out there (laughs) don't wear it around your wife (laughs) (laughs) there's some stuff out there right there's some already some crazy stuff being developed but this thing we're talking about now we're thought detection of mass crowds in an office environment you and i both work in corporate america yeah. Give me your thoughts. No. All pun intended. Dude. Are you kidding me? This is so bad. This will get you fired. Like there needs to be lo- like before they can release this, it we can't do chicken we can't do chicken before the egg kind of deal here, man. It's got to you got to put some laws in place before you let this out. Yeah. This is not good. Right? And I want to yeah. see what the I want to see what's on the president's mind before anybody else. You better use this <laughs> sucker. If you're going to use this on other people, I want to know, do it on somebody else first. Like, no way, man. No way. I don't yeah, like even, this. And not on either, man. Even even at a bare minimum where it's detecting your emotional state of anger, sadness, joy, pleasure, that's still invasion of privacy, right? Like, if I'm in an office environment and somebody breaks some hard news on me, you have no right to know, am I angry or am I happy about this news? Like, that's for me to give to you. If I want to let you know that I'm angry about something, I will do so. But if not, it's none of your business. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, and the fact that they used Wi-Fi routers as an example in this in this study. We all have Wi-Fi routers in our house. You Bro, know? I'm about to go live in the mountains, man. This is my final straw. Are you kidding me? And and my Wi-Fi router, for example, right now, and obviously it's connected to my phone, my iPad, my pc it's yeah. also connected to my television my tv yeah. is a smart tv it can't function without the internet so who's to say in a future state an advertiser runs an ad on tv and they can they can get the feedback directly immediately how how do i feel about this ad they sent and then they can make tweaks and they can make it more more efficient um coming from a marketing person that's appealing data. You need that. That data would be very valuable to somebody, but also from a consumer's perspective, holy shit, dude, that's insane. Yeah. That's invasion of privacy. Like 
way way crazy like that's it's on it's unconstitutional to collect that data yeah for sure so i know we got a lot to get to in this in this episode but you guys let us know what you think about that and if you're concerned about your privacy one quick story here also to note um facebook is rumored to be working on a health sorry quote air quotes here health tracking smartwatch yeah if you recall last week or a week before we talked about Facebook and their privacy concerns and how they collect data and how their business relies on that and how they give that data to marketers and how marketers use that data to sell their products to you. Um, But this smartwatch is rumored to be launching in 2022. It will apparently focus on health and messaging, but it also has a cellular connection. So what does that mean? It doesn't need your phone to keep tabs on where you are. So it will be connected to the internet at all times, no matter where you go. Um, you might recall that Oculus now requires you to have a Facebook account. So if you have an Oculus headset, um, legacy folks, it's kind of a blurry line, but any new Oculus headset requires that you're logged into your Facebook account while you're using the device. So I can't imagine that this smartwatch would function without being logged into Facebook. So at all times, you will be logged into Facebook. They will know where you're going. They'll know what your health is. They'll know, are you exercising? How are you exercising? When are you exercising? How is your body responding to that exercise? And you've got to believe that data is being given to some other companies. I'm not a conspiracy theorist here, and I'm also not somebody who's that concerned about the privacy of my own data because I don't think I have that much to hide about myself. But also, there's a line. I feel like we're getting close to that line where you just can't cross. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'd be okay with this if it lowered my healthcare um, rates. You know, fair enough. If if they took this data and were like, okay, we're going to take your data and then we're going to spit you out a dollar amount that you got to pay every month for healthcare, I'd be cool with that because that's like fucking motivation, bro. That's like, hey, oh, okay, so you're telling me if I work out more, I'm going to make more money? I'm going to keep more of the money that I already have? Oh, sounds yeah. good. All right, bro. Let's get these abs. Let's go. <laughs> that's a good that's a good point man that's like the progressive model where it's i think it's progressive where the safer you drive the less you pay yeah i could dude um, i could i could get down with this for sure if i i would i would buy into it if they said if, that you know it's gonna lower my rates i'd say yeah collect my data go for it i'm cool if it was anyone but facebook i'd be about it yeah if all right. states sold me a little fitbit thing or if fitbit said hey dude we'll give you this free fitbit but just know we're going to take your data and send it to Geico or whoever your or yeah. Anthem or whoever your health insurance provider is. If they par- the if they partnered yeah. if they partnered with my health insurance and like my health insurer came to me and said, "Hey, we're going to do this. We're partnered with Facebook. You can yeah. you can opt into this if you want." Then I'd be like, "Okay, cool. Yeah, I will do that." But I the worst case scenario I can imagine is I'm sitting on my couch scrolling through Facebook and I get an ad that pops up and says, "Hey, Looking for some new running shoes? Hey, you uh, you need some motivation? Here's a six-week boot camp training DVD video that I'm going to sell to you because I noticed you haven't worked out in a while. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. Or, hey, yeah. here's, a, here's a medical company who sells a, a blood pressure medicine because your blood pressure, I don't know, bro. Look a little high. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start Get out going to the business. library again, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm done surfing the internet. I'm going to the library. But, <laughs> yeah. uh so, okay, so so moving on, this kind of plays into this whole thing as well, right? Because, like, they could easily use this next piece um, to tap into, um, you know, what you're talking about, stealing your privacy information, like tapping into what you're looking at, you know, all that stuff. So AR-powered prescription prescription lenses, right? So, like, this has been a question that I always pose because I wear glasses and I have, like, pretty bad eyesight, like, middle of the road, I would say. Not the worst, but I always ask, like, when we start talking about, like, lenses and whatnot, VR lenses or whatever it may be, blue light lenses, you know, uh, do you got prescription, right? Because that makes life easier rather than me having to put contacts in to use the product or whatever it may be. So, uh, Luxixcel is a company specializing in 3D printed prescription lenses they're partnering with Wave Optics, who develops waveguides and project and projectors. Um, what are waveguides and projectors? Okay, so waveguides basically are is this technology that can go on a pair of lenses um, that can like portray 3D images by like modifying or 
um, not modifying, but like using light waves basically. And the projectors are just projecting light onto the waveguides. And then the waveguides are used to um, <clears throat> make it look like something, I guess. I, I'm, pr I'm probably butchering that. So if you know more than I do about that, send me a message and, and help me understand it a little bit more. But that's how I understood it. Um, so they're developing a line of AR smart glasses. They're promising a headset more streamlined than Nreal or Magic Leap. Uh, wow. Saying, yeah, right. Saying it's a device you could wear as you shop, hang out with friends, or exercise. And honestly, I'm like all in on this, man. I love this idea. Um, so they're going to use Wave Optics Super. So Wave Optics is the one that does the uh, waveguides and projectors. They're using um, their super thin 1.115 millimeter, which is very small, uh, katana waveguide lenses, allowing LuxXL to build the AR smart glasses. So a LuxXL does the does the um, prescription lenses. Wave Optics gives you the tech to make it AR. So they're partnering together, right? So it's going to weigh 50% less than existing headsets like Nreal or Magic Leap, which I think that's great, just right up front. Um, provide high quality definition, wide frame of view, which I think is pretty standard. They're going to be dustproof and waterproof, which... Um, should be standard, but they're actually not standard. So there's some glasses that you actually can't wear if it's raining because they'll break. What? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, there's actually some some of their competitors don't have waterproof glasses. Um, which is that just is... for AR glasses? Or are we talking about like prescription glasses? Oh no, 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 AR glasses, just like okay. tech tech glasses, basically smart glasses. So, um, so it all begins with LuxXL's uh, Vision Clear technology. Um, their lenses are supposed to just be like top of the line. They're um, cured under uh, UV light. Um, they The designers um, will then create a smart layer, basically, that can embed technology, um, you know, the waveguides and the holographic films, and even an LCD screen um, into the lenses. The end result is a normal-looking pair of prescription glasses capable of AR that can withstand day-to-day -day use. So, very durable, very useful. Um, the smart layer is sandwiched between the normal lenses, uh, so you don't have to worry about damaging the tech. So that's like the best thing about it. That's why it's dustproof and and whatnot. It's sandwiched between two layers of glass uh, or whatever you know material they're using. Um, it isn't just for individuals who require prescription glasses, by the way. You can use this technology on non-prescription glasses sunglasses goggles right for diving a car windshield or even windows at your home right so this is like this all just sounds amazing i just can't wait dude i really can't when this comes out um you know so they're also very capable of high volume production they've already proved that and they're going to be showing a pro a prototype so uh if you want to look into that uh type spie ar vr mr uh, there's a conference for that in March uh, showcasing um, this prototype. So uh, the samples are going to be arriving in Q2 of 2021. So that's, what, month or two away uh, we'll be seeing some of this yeah. stuff. So I don't know, man. I'm super pumped about this. Um, I looked at the glasses, the prototype, um, like the example that they kind of put through. If you look at like the both of the company's websites, you can kind of like get an idea of like what they're going to be doing. So it's going to be like normal glasses. Um, there's going to be like barely visible, like little shade screen on it. And then you got these like little projectors on the side that, that are kind of bulky. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about that, but I'm interested to see like what they come up with. You know, what are you going to look at your screen? Like what's the point of having the AR yeah. other than just to put advertisements or steal your data? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. What's what is the benefit of having this stuff? Is is it like, you know, can I have Google Maps show up on one of my eyes while I'm driving and show me my speed limit? You know, oh, yeah. can I can I have like, you know, my health optics running on my eyes, you know, on my glasses while I'm running to see what my heart rate is or stuff like that, like useful information, right? So, that's yeah, that, man. It's easy it's easy to protect um it's easy to project a like dystopian version of this where like each person you look at through your glasses it gives you their name it gives you their occupation it gives you the option to click connect on linkedin send friend requests you know yeah <clears throat> yeah um 
COVID vaccinated. I just um, had a funny thought. <laughs> you remember like when we first started getting like like smartphones and like cell phones and stuff? Do you remember yeah. when you were younger when you had to like remember everybody's cell phone number so that you could oh, yeah. call their house phone, right? And like right now, yeah. you still have to remember people's f- names when you like go and meet them in public. Oh, you know, it's the worst. Sometimes. So it's like now with these glasses, like you didn't have to remember phone numbers once you got a cell phone, right? Yeah. Now it's gonna be like you don't even have to remember people's names because it's just gonna show. <laughs> oh, you'll never, hey, you'll John. never, you'll never forget anyone's name. Yeah. <laughs> Until there's a malfunction. How's it, how's it going, man? How's it going with your new company? Hey, this says your name's Sarah, but you're a guy. <laughs> oh, it must be a bug in my glasses. Sorry. <laughs> Hold on, let me reset. Must, these. Yeah, sorry. I need to clear my cache real quick. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah. Um, clear, uh, clear my browsing history. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, whoa, whoa, hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious, man. Yeah, uh, um, pretty exciting, but also very scary. Same with the. This is all the news I, that we did for tech today was just like very dystopian like yeah. black mirror but honestly i could see some really interesting pla- practical applications for that though like measurements for instance i one of the one of the coolest things i've used ar on my phone for and i've only used it a couple times oh, those are double d is the uh <laughs> <laughs> not that bro <laughs> oh my god i was thinking like inches and centimeters but okay oh. <laughs> whoops <laughs> but no like they have those like ar um like ruler apps where you can literally point your phone at something and like point like where here's this point to this point and it's yeah. looking at a wall and it's like hey this is 22 feet by whatever um that's super awesome to you so imagine that being in your glasses right or temperature or speed or i'm, yep. I'm trying to think like what are their applications yeah I don't distance know. like falling distance maybe you yeah. could do some stuff yeah. like that like um yeah i don't know um recipes i'd be cool to have like a recipe oh, show up true. on my glasses that'd be sweet i would like that a lot news i mean that's probably pretty obvious social media accounts that's probably pretty obvious mm-hmm. um you know video games where you use your eyeballs like move your eyeballs around to play them. <laughs> that's a little bit more creative playing i'm playing uh oh man what's the, what's the game where you shoot the aliens um um, the old retro game space invaders space invaders yeah, yeah. oh Boom. yeah space invaders sorry i'm, I'm playing space invaders for now and, <laughs> like how do you shoot like is blinking shooting how does that work yeah yeah you gotta blink okay that makes sense yeah makes sense reload anyways, you gotta look up look up to reload <laughs> oh yeah look off screen just like the arcade games you gotta point off screen yeah yeah exactly that's cool <laughs> Well, speaking of arcades, we got some video game news to talk about, so let's jump into that real quick. Let's do that. Hey, I'll keep it real quick because we're already at the hour and we only got a little bit of uh, news about video games. It's not really even specific to video games. It's updating all of your PC games while you sleep. So guys, if you want to do that, check out PowerNap. It is an app uh, that you can install on your PC. aims to ensure that all your games are always up to date, no matter what launcher they're on. It starts all the game launchers. Sorry, excuse me. This beer is just whew, man. It starts <laughs> all the game launchers on your PC, enables them to begin their update processes, and it keeps the PC from going to sleep. Once updated, you can actually have the have this app. Um, elect to uh, you know put your PC to sleep or even shut it down. It's designed to launch all your libraries when the PC is not in use, so that games you haven't played uh, in like you know whatever a week, multiple weeks, a month, a year, whatever, still get updated just in case you want to go back and play them. Um, the option to uh, sleep your displays while the launchers are updated, there's uh, you could do that. Um, it's trying to replicate how consoles and phones update their apps right now like at night when you're not using your phone um yeah so that's that's kind of how it's designed to handle right now and i know um i've kind of had this issue every once in a while where like i'll go to play a game and i know you've had it like we did this the other day with like overwatch right i went to go play overwatch and i had to update it and i couldn't get in right away so um basically um just to give you guys step by step real quick the first time you run power nap um, you have to go browse to your the executable of each launcher you have on your PC. You'll need to set all of those launchers to enable automatic game updates uh, when they start. 
And then you may need to change the minimum download or disk write speeds required to keep your PC from going to sleep. So those are all things that you may have to do. Um, troubleshoot it, of course, if you're having issues with that. The only one that you're definitely going to have problems with is Steam. So for some reason with Steam, um, they have their own way of handling game updates. So uh, while you know while you're using PowerNap, um, Steam won't actually uh, force the, it won't actually force the updates for steam. So you'll still have to manually trigger those ones. So, hmm. um, yeah, steam kind of whatever, but everybody uses steam all the time. Usually I feel like anyway, so it's like, that's probably normal. And it's just like the other games like overwatch through blizzards launcher or, you yeah. know, whatever else you're playing, um, that Epic. you would need. Yeah. That you would need this for like steam's pretty like, it's all like, I don't know. That's the one that I use all the time. So this one's kind of, this app's like kind of perfect for me if I, if I'm going to use it, which I might. So yeah. Right. What do you think? Yeah. I was a lot, I was a lot more interested in it until you told me you had to go manually into the settings for each of the launchers and, and hit automatic game updates when it started. Just one time. So yeah. But like, so, I mean, essentially at that point, what it's doing is just like programming the apps to open at certain periods, yep. you know, at like 2 a.m. or something. That's all it's doing. Um, it's, it opens it's, the apps. The apps go into automatic update mode, yep. which is good, right? Yep. Most people probably don't think to do that. I don't. I, I run into that issue all the time where I'm like, hey, I want to play Call of Duty. I haven't played it in two months, and then I have to go update it. <clears throat> um, yep. So I guess, yeah, I mean, definitely helpful for sure. Kind of so, bummer that Steam doesn't work, but. Yeah. So, I mean, it is certainly like a little bit of setup. And, and you're right. Like when you really break this down, all it's doing is opening up all of those apps letting those apps do their thing. And then once those apps are done doing their thing, it shuts them all down and then yeah. it puts your computer to sleep or shuts it down. That's yeah, all it that's, is. That part's pretty cool. Like yeah. to shut it actually to do the second half of that, which is closing the apps and sleeping the computer, shutting it down. Now that part's nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you don't actually even need to have like an app or anything to shut your computer down. You can go into your task scheduler on your computer and you can set up a task on your computer just to shut your computer down every night whenever at a set time, basically. Um, you know all about that. Yeah. You remember when I used to do that all the time? Yeah. And I'd be like, I turned it like off. in the middle of a game. I'm like, what? What? Why is Where's we not talking? Oh, yeah. shit. He's like, oh, I had to, my computer restarted. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. I used to. <laughs> or my I used computer to, shut down. Yeah, exactly. I used to have it set up so like every day it would shut off so that like I would stop playing video games and go to sleep. But then I would just bypass it every day because I learned how to bypass it automatically. <laughs> and so now it's just, I don't even use it anymore. I just shut it off because it was just a nuisance. But yeah. Like I'll, I'll, sh- I'll show that Reese who's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show that Reese from a year ago who was trying to be like responsible. <laughs> yeah. I'm the master of my domain. Yeah. I'm going to play all these video games. <laughs> yeah. That's right, awesome, man. man. Well, that's pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I might, I might look it up and install that and try to do that so that my games are up to date. But yeah, power nap. I think, uh, yeah, power nap. I almost took a power nap earlier today, actually. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that you know, like you said, we're a little bit past our hour mark here, guys. If you uh, are tuning in for the first time, or if you're coming back to the show, um, if you listened to some before, I appreciate you guys being here. As always, and uh, you know, we ask that you like and subscribe here on YouTube, follow on Spotify, and come say hi on Instagram and Twitter. We're That's quite right. friendly, quite active, and uh, you know, we look forward to speaking with you guys. Heck yeah, man. That's for sure. And of course, if you really want to help us grow the show, please share this episode with a friend who you think will like it. For now, we will see you all in the next episode. Peace.